The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we got the Buccaneers selection coming up here in a second. Oh, and interior defensive lineman Kalijah Kansi goes next. I, I know you were high on him, Jason. I was high on him, but I wasn't high on him for the Ravens. So that to me is a very good pick. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, a 4 3 player only, probably will never be able to two gap. Uh, let me pull up his arm length, but I want to say it's even like less than 31 inches, 30.58 inches. Uh, that is extremely short. Uh, getting pushed around is an undersized defensive tackle. So not the Ravens style, but what he does do is get after the quarterback with quickness and a variety of moves. He uses those short arms really well. So it doesn't bother him. doesn't affect him at all when you're talking about rushing the passer. Um, but I had guys like Brian Brissett higher than him because I didn't see the fit for the Ravens. Obviously, Tampa's a 4-3 team, so this is this must be perfect for them. With with Cansey, when you're talking about he he made but made his short arms didn't bother him. His short arms didn't bother him in college, and that's that's the whole thing is they're projecting his length to the pro <laughs> level and really seeing whether that can be a, a, something of value. Got, got terrific quickness. He's Matabike quick. In terms of that, I just don't. I'm not convinced he has that core strength. We didn't see him lift, uh, so so we don't know. We actually, I I'll go ahead and say we do know. There's no way he's freaking just about a BK in terms of core strength. Because that guy's a muscle from head to toe. Yeah, yeah, and I actually had Brian Brzee and uh, Atitami Atabore. I had a clan Cansey on my board just for the 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 fact that the Ravens like to mix up their fronts between playing three four, playing four three. So you know, I, this doesn't surprise me at all. Cansey, I think he's got a good. Uh, he's going to be a good player. I don't like the comparisons to Aaron Donald. That's so unfair to him. Yes. Uh, just because they went to the same school and they're both pass rushers. Do what do you got he, for us, Dan? Do you think he matches up with Vita Vea? Well, you know he's not able to two gap, but Vita Vea clearly can. So, uh, you know, 
kind of opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit for the 2G tackles, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, when you look at the uh, defensive line, you, it doesn't have to be everybody all three two gapping. And, you know, even when you play four-man front, you can have one person two gap. The other, the other, the others one gap. So it's not an either or or part, Dan. Dan, I think uh, that's a good point. Vita Vea, uh, I want to say they had another big guy too when we played them, not just Roaches or something like that. Uh, yeah. Another big guy that looked even good, uh, as good, almost as good as Vita Vea. Yeah, you're right, and I can't remember who it is right now. Yeah. Either. Yeah, Nunez Roaches, right? That's the guy's name. Something, yeah. I believe it's hyphenated, and there's a Z in there, but I, yeah, I didn't. I can't remember. We're getting pretty close. What do you guys think is going to be uh, going to be the pick? So I'll throw one thing out there. Uh, the ESPN, uh, they've got a percentage on on what you know what the pick will be uh, for twenty two. 13% chance it'd be Will Levis, which obviously means a trade. So uh-huh. 13% chance that we trade back for a quarterback that jumps in front of the Vikings for a quarterback. For who, who are the other players there? Because some of those are good, might be obvious trade backs also. Who else is on there? Uh, JSN, Nolan Smith, Joey Porter, Zay Flowers, Banks, Kincaid. It, the typical cast basically is after after. Uh, well, Kincaid uh, is a trade back. Is he a significant yeah. percentage? Two, three, four percent. What? Where are you? I uh, think Kincaid might go to the Chargers. Eight percent. Yeah. So. Okay. And that's you're using you're you're inversing the odds. You're not judging the whole board and taking the juice out of it, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Even though we haven't gotten the four quarterbacks that we suggested, that's. That's two running backs and an inside linebacker, right? Am I missing anything else? Uh, all bonus picks for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I I will say right now I have Georgia bias, but if Nolan Smith is on the board, um, it, it's going to be hard for for me to say not not to pick him. No, I I agree with you. I, I think that it you know given I think it's just, because there's there's so many there's so many receivers available. I think it's going to be down to. Like, these three players are still on the board between Porter, Banks, and, and Smith, and I think they might be tempted, like I was saying earlier, to take Smith given his uh, you know his rare skill set as a as a Sam linebacker. Nolan Smith, one of the comments that was broadly made about him, and you can see a little bit of this on tape too, I think, is that he doesn't really come with a polished toolkit at Georgia. It definitely has some upside mm-hmm. still to come, and so that would be exciting. Uh, as I went through my edge players, like that was one of the things I kept coming up with. Well, he could learn a lot from Chuck Smith. The one guy who couldn't is Ojolari. He's learned right. it all from his brother, it seems like. <laughs> so he, he's got a, a fantastic toolkit to start. Yeah, Ojolari, another name we could be hearing real soon, have him skip over uh, Nolan Smith just because of how good of a player he was. Of course, I have Nolan Smith higher. But, yeah, yeah there's a lot of mishmash here as, as far as talent goes. Now, I, I still think Joey Porter – is very talented. Uh, him and Banks uh, stand out to me. Nolan Smith stands out to me. And then you got those receivers where the opinions are so divided. So that's going to be fascinating to watch play out. You only get one of these players. If you can't trade back, you're only going to end up getting one of them. If you trade back, you might end up getting a shot at a probably not one of these guys, but a different second-tier player. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you guys wanted to have this conversation, but um, as far as the Ravens historically, anytime they've traded out of the first round, um, how has that success ended up looking? And, and that's not necessarily – it's kind of a two-part question because the success of the trade is a little bit different than the success of the player, um, you know, analytically. Oh, what Mount did you guys Cody think and uh, and uh, who's the Courtney, Up, guy? Courtney Upshaw Courtney was Courtney one Upshaw. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney Upshaw was one. But Mount Cody and who was the other guy that in the Sergio Kendall in, in, Sergio. in the same yeah. year? So that was that was tragically not good. Um, yeah. I mean, Upshaw had a, had a immediate impact on that. You know, as a, you know, early on in his career, you know, he forced to fumble the Super Bowl and had some other nice plays. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of trading out unless, like, you know, you have, like, a wealth of players that you have rated the same towards the end. Of, like, 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 at this point, you could probably have, like, if they traded back to the early second round, they could probably still have to pick a litter at receiver. Mm-hmm. All right. Seattle's pick is in. I don't know if they're planning to go to commercial or anything before they come back for it, so we'll just wait on that. What do you do? I don't want Re- a commercial or not pick. Okay. <laughs> Reasonable chance of a – Quarterback being taken here is Will Levis at twenty, a reasonable pixel for Seattle. Possibly, I would or say hit. it's not. It's not a corner. I would definitely say that they took their whole <laughs> clock. I just I don't see a quarterback if you take the whole clock. Right. Yeah. So and it would be Levis and Hooker are both available. They just signed uh, uh, Geno Smith for three years, right? Um, yeah. Yes. the The structure of the contract, I believe, is more like one to two years. Okay. Of him actually being there. So a lot less upfront guarantees that they can still get out of. Yeah. Yep. So Minnesota is possibly looking for a quarterback as well, right? To replace Kirk Cousins. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, there's, there's a chance that even with, even if Levis is on the board uh, before us, somebody might, you know, want to trade to get ahead of, of them. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, with the scenario Jake pointed out earlier, if Levis is on the board, it could actually benefit the Ravens. Sure, that's becoming more and more real after this pick. Uh, we'll have to see. Does it become an even more valuable pick if it's just down to Hooker instead of Levis? Uh, or, or is that is he a grade down for you such that I mean he's older? That's certainly true, and 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 that's not enticing to start with. But you're, we're getting down to the kind of range where it's not too bad to get a one contract quarterback. You don't want to draft a guy like that in at you know number two or number three overall, but if you're drafting at this point, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, especially if you got Geno Smith to uh, you know uh, to hold the fort down while Hooker's uh, ACL heals. Yeah, and, and I I think the point you're also making is that fifth year option for Hooker is that much more valuable rather than making him a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Definitely a quarterback, I would say that. Gives you effectively seven years of team control, as we've just seen here, and used effectively with Lamar Jackson. Whether you know, I don't want to get an argument over this, obviously, but but the, they they did a uh, uh, the Ravens did a good job in terms of making sure they had Lamar Jackson controlled for additional time. All right, this is a lot of kids on the field. That knee injury can't be serious enough to have her picking, not just for that. Punt, pass, and kick? What are we hearing here? Flag football. Okay. Okay. 
All right. One of the polarizing wide receivers, JSN, is off the board at number 20. I figured he'd go there. First uh, – Go ahead. Go ahead, no, I'm Just going to say he, he wasn't my first receiver, but I understand why a lot of people like him. He's a big slot player. Incredible three-cone, incredible shuttle. It's not like you can't always find value in a guy like this. It's just he wasn't quite the perfect fit for the Ravens with who they usually play in the slot and where the talent of this team, frankly – is, is primarily focused right now with that tight end group. So I didn't love him for that reason. If another team may, may figure that he can go wherever he wants on the on the field and, and play effectively there. He certainly has the size for it. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the Go ahead. I was saying for all the reasons you listed, Ken, is the, the exact reason why I think he's the perfect fit for the Seahawks. You know, they have their they have their outside receivers locked down with Lockett and with with Metcalf, and that that Dwayne Eskridge thing hasn't worked out yet. So I think getting a guy like JSN who can be that 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 power slot for that offense makes perfect sense and didn't make much sense for the Ravens. I know he kind of meets the size threshold at six foot one and just under two hundred pounds, but just given his playing style and, and where he's best suited at, uh, it makes perfect sense for Seattle, not for, not for the Ravens. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad it's off the board, so they're not tempted to make that selection at twenty-two. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm opposite of Josh on like almost all of that. First of all, Tyler Lockett <laughs> works out of Tyler Lockett. It works out of the slot most of the time. Um, secondly, JSN, if you run routes like he does, you can play Z. You can play Z at this level. Uh, just innate route running skills. You don't have to threaten them deep. You can be. A, we saw it here in Baltimore with Anquan Bolden. Uh, you know, wasn't a uh, speed guy by any means, but he was on hanging out on that right side of the field all the time, making plays. So, yeah, the JSN guy, man, over here. I actually had him all the way up at nine on my board without quarterbacks. So you take four quarterbacks or whatever. I thought 12, 13, 14 would be a good pick. Last all the way to pick 20, first receiver off the board. Let's just hear from the rest of the group on this. Go around the horn here. How, how much do you do you mark JSN down? For having his huge year in 2021 is an unbelievable season. One of the greatest in, by a college receiver ever. Eight targets this last year. Soft tissue injury kept him out. He was dogged by Todd McShay for, for staying out. But I don't know whether it's couldn't recover quickly enough to play or didn't really want to play to protect his draft status. But I'm not really sanguine with either of those. I'm not really happy about either of those. Where are you guys on that? Hey, do, you, do you dock him on your on your do you, do you blacked out him on your board on your own board for being an injury concern under that or or how do you how do you figure? And let's start with you, Alec. I mean, it definitely was a concern of mine. Uh, it definitely was earlier on too. But as I looked at the class more and more, he still became my wide receiver one. Um, it's a weaker class though. I think in a stronger class, I would have had him higher. And I think it shows by him going uh, at twenty that um, just where everyone's at with this wide receiver class. How about you, Dan? Yeah, same thing. You know, I, I don't think it's a complete black dot, get him off the off your board, but it definitely puts him down. Uh, and, uh, you know, but but there's strikes against all the wide receivers in this class. So it's uh, it's just where you kind of rank them. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. We, we talked about the wide receivers on your show, and um, I had him at number one. I, I just thought he was a notch above the rest of the guys, and I didn't penalize him too much for the injuries but of course it does factor in um and we're not getting the medical information like the the actual teams are so i, I kind of leave that more in a, a medium type status rather than trying to uh, do too much what do you say josh 
Um, yeah, it's not that I didn't think he could he could play on on, on the outside. I just you know he was best at the at, you know in, inside and in the slot. And um, but like I said, he was he was still my wide receiver one one two. I like him um above above Zay and and and, and Johnston. And um, and I kind of have him like I have him one one A and Addison as as one B. I just you know I really love Addison's complete skill set from from that from that standpoint. Okay, what I'll say is if if anybody hears that the Ravens pick has been traded here, it's okay to say it, but not until the Chargers pick is announced. Okay, so it, it may be it, it may be that the Ravens have already traded this pick because we're behind on the picks being announced, but we really don't want to hear it. Until this, but very exciting point. Obviously, here the Chargers picking the last team that'll pick before the Ravens, and their selection is in. And we've got some entire entourage moving to the front here. It looks like that's uh, JSN. Oh, that's JSN. Okay. Yeah, twelve over there. I'm hoping the tight end. Hoping tight end. Yeah. Kincaid for me will be my ideal pick for them. <laughs> for them, for us. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah, for them, for 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 the Chargers, um, you know, they they really they really miss Hunter Henry since he went and signed with the, with the Patriots, so they've kind of been looking for that pass catching tight end since he left. So, if if you look back at this so far, in terms of the guys who could have been there at twenty two, the only one I'm super upset about right now is Emmanuel Forbes. Same here. Yeah, it's the only one that I'm just absolutely distraught over. But uh, other than that, I think I'm I'm pretty much okay. And would you add JSN to that list, uh, Jason? Or was he close enough that he you might not have taken him at 22, given the other players still are still out there? Oh, he would have been close. He would have been close and in consideration for me, even as a you know big JSN fan. But I still think, regardless of that, Ken, the Ravens are in as good a shape as you can imagine here, especially if. Uh, Dalton Kincaid goes off the board. I mean, Will Levis hasn't even been picked yet. We're still looking at Joey Porter Jr., Nolan Smith, Zay Flowers, Deontay Banks, Jordan Addison, among others, sitting there for the Ravens. So, I mean, I think if you told fans, hey, all five of these would be available, or four of them, or four, whoever your four favorites are, they would they would have took that in a heartbeat. I'm sorry, I'm a little behind on comments here, so I'm going to try and get a few of these got uh, All right, we got to pick in, uh, pick in again. again, exciting one. Oh, Quentin Johnson off the board, another wide receiver. So we might have a run on wide receivers wow. here at number 21. I mean, I think we've said already some things about Quentin Johnson. I love him as the real X in this class. You don't love him as an inconsistent pass catcher and having kind of alligator arms. Does that summarize it? Uh, not alligator arms as much as not being able to uh, track the ball, locate it. Okay. quickly enough and jump up and extend to go get it. I don't see fear. I think alligator arms suggest fear. It's more of his uh, late picking up the ball and ball tracking that I uh, am not a fan of. He gives me Perriman vibes. He gives me Boykin vibes. Major. Uh, I would say something about him that that is special, though, is his yards after catch ability for mm -hmm. being yeah. a larger wide yeah. receiver. That, that's something you do not see very often. Um, and definitely – a reason why the chargers are taking him here. All right. So yeah, he, he's a yak monster. Do we have any information that the, that the, that the Ravens have traded this pick or are they on the clock right now? As far as we know, I saw they're on, on the, the clock. clock. Okay. I, I'm refreshing everything, trying to find out. So curious. Right. Okay. So if we, if we don't, uh, I, I think if it's a wide receiver, I'd like to see Addison. If it's a cornerback, my guy, I think at this point would have to be Porter. Uh, and Nolan Smith would be the edge. 
Yep. I think you know, Addison, Flowers, yeah. Porter, Banks, Smith, all of them are pretty solid choices to yes, have five, man. It's, it's a really good. nice position to be in, to be honest. So it'd be great if they could trade down about four slots right now. Yeah, I was yep. about to say that. If they could even even like even like three or four would be fine with me. If they're all pretty equal, yeah. If they're all pretty equal in their eyes, and well, you if can you're add another pick, yeah. If you're sitting at number twenty six and you say, "Hey, we're going to get four fifths chance or whatever of the high percentage chance we get one of those four guys too," we're not going to trade down for that. We're not going to trade up for that. But you got to have the same needs the Ravens do, and need you know edge wide receiver corner to to make it as good a as juicy a group. Right, that's where the quarterback maybe comes into play, Ken. Yeah, or Dalton Kincaid or somebody that they really love. The tight end. All right. Yes. Five you know, this minutes to go. This is great because they, again, I just want to say, you know, you say, hey, Porter and Banks are both sitting there. Flowers and Addison are both sitting there. Nolan Smith is sitting there. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, a month ago, two weeks ago, last week, you would say, sign me up. I will take that right there. Um, just a nice choice of players sitting there for the Ravens. So trade guys, we've got how much value in this particular spot right here? 22 780. 780. 780. Yep. So is there is there any way the Ravens could get about 700 out of this and justify a trade back at this point? Yeah, there, there, there's lots of, you know, I think the biggest thing is quarterback, right? You got to find a team that would want quarterback. I think it's hard to find a team to jump. Just like you said, there's a lot of options if, if you're not looking quarterback. But if you get like uh, Detroit, maybe uh, they've got 34 and 55, which would be good for 22 and 86. Um, you've got the Saints, which has 29. They could do 29 and 71 for 22 and 86. So just a slight move up. Um, or you could get a fourth instead, instead of just moving up in the third there. Um, those are the two big ones I, I see um, that are reasonable dropbacks that would possibly be a quarterback. Um, so, so here there aren't a ton of teams that need quarterbacks. Clock is still running. Pick is not in. Quick, give me a notion. What is the maximum number of JJ points you're willing to lose on this trade in order to trade back here? Okay, go around the horn once here. But start with the trade, guys. I'd lose a lot, like a hundred. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd lose a lot too. I, I don't know the exact number, but I'm saying, you know, we got like four or five guys we love right now. Go back as many spots as you can and feel comfortable. Get whatever you get. Call it good. Um, I just, yeah, that's all. We so, need more picks, right? We want more picks. He says anyone. I, I, I believe that. Okay, so I'd losing 100 is basically trading back to 27 and not picking up additional value in a later round. That would be the equivalent kind of one-for-one one trade we'd be talking about. Mm-hmm. But we'd obviously have to be picking up multiple picks to make it worth mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting it, thing. The 27th player is still going to be pretty good in this draft. I mean, right. I, you have to basically think that 27 equals 22 at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So you're basically getting a fourth-round pick for free is what you're hoping to get because – you're thinking JJ points 22, 27. While there's a difference, the value is the same. So, you know, when I'm looking at best player available plus plus need, which is really the magic formula for the Ravens, they want the best player available, but they want that need. They want it to be at a need position. 
this is a good spot. I mean, you got banks reporters, uh, a porter. If we can't uh, get one of those, we ended up, or if we just stick and pick, that'd be a great move too. I agree. So what odds on the, this, on this the clock going almost all the way down? down. <laughs> Pretty high. EDC is working the hell out of them phones right now. I just know it. Yeah. I hope he's not on the phone with somebody who's holding him up, hoping that the player that they want will drop anyway, and they'll be able to pick it up cheaper, maybe from the next team. Yep. Well, I got pick is in. I hope he's not just staring at the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Pick is in is on my screen. So just to let you guys know. There it is. Yes. It's on the screen now. My gut is telling me it's going to be Porter just because they talk so much about it. Yeah, that, that would be my gut my gut pick. Yeah. I wouldn't second, be upset with either Porter or Banks. Uh, my and it second would be a great pick would be Nolan Smith. It would be my second guess just because of the Monken thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's an option as well. Porter or Smith would be my number my number one and number two picks. Deontay Banks I would still be very, very happy with here too. Well, this is this is one of the points we made before the draft is this is about 75% of the Ravens' total draft value is in this first pick. It's like 70, 780 out of 1,050 or something over for, for the whole draft. So it's, it's, it's about 76% it works out to be. Um, this was the Ravens' chance to get more picks. Anything else they do with future with additional picks in this draft is going to be inconsequential in terms of the picks that they would get. So they seem to be very happy about this. I'd like to see a happy... Lots of high fives draft room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they might have gotten a guy that really loved feedback. This was not the same for the number four pick. The Colts draft room very subdued at this exact <laughs> moment. And of course, they're yeah. probably talking about the Lamar extension on the TV right now. Just a wild guess. <laughs> right. They had on. Uh, but we're all focused on the draft. I'm sure Mr. DaCosta is happy to focus on the draft right now, right now today. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a good point made by David Rakoff that there's still the possibility of, of grabbing up some value if Patrick Queen is traded. So but we want to see another inside linebacker off the board as soon as possible if, if you believe in Queen's value. Here we go. Zay Flowers is the guy, wide receiver. Okay. What do you what do you guys feel like this means for Duvernay's future in Baltimore, given that Zay could probably be a returner and that gadget guy too? Yeah, I think I think Duvernay could definitely be be traded during this this draft. Um, I would also say they are all in on making Lamar Jackson happy with the the amount of weapons yep. um, in the receiver room. So that that is a good thing. I mean, there's not going to be any excuses. Everybody's going to be happy that the Ravens got a receiver, even though corner was a bigger need right now. So in, in terms of how we move on from here, this is certainly a case, I think, where, well, maybe not certainly, but I don't. Th I think the Hopkins trade is, off the, is out the window now. I don't think you trade for a guy after you draft Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is a terrific take-the-top-off-the-defense guy. So you have it from that perspective. He's exciting. Certainly has the speed to – to make the tight ends and Odell Beckham more valuable underneath. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a, a move from that way. I just think there were cheaper ways they could have done that at wide receiver later on the Cincinnati guy, Tyler Scott. I liked 
uh, and some other speed options down the down the road. Where are you, Jason? I love Tyler Scott. By the way, he was uh he he was right in there. I had him higher than than uh, than most, but Zay Flowers uh, was number twelve overall on my board. Uh, my number two receiver next to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And again, for me, it's 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 the position flexibility of Zay Flowers. Uh, Ken painted a pretty good picture of him. Didn't mention yak. Didn't mention toughness, which is something that he brings. Uh, just one of the yak players. And I think that when Josh asked about Devin Duvernay's future, he's somebody I could see getting moved uh, just as to clear some gap uh, on day three of this draft. Maybe you get a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick back from Duvernay and are able to draft someone else uh, that, that you can develop, maybe that developmental tackle or something, Ken that they could, they could recoup and really work on for this year because uh, the receiver room is stacked, the special teams room looking good. Uh, Zay Flowers, definitely somebody who could do that. Just an impressive player, a spark plug, uh, does different things than Beckham and Odell, uh, Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman. And then, of course, you have health issues with both Beckham, Bateman, coming off of injuries, didn't play to end last year. So adding some new blood in this receiver room not only should help us this year, but beyond. Now you, we talked a little bit about Duvernay, about a four point three million dollar cap savings. Do I have that correct, uh, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds right. So it, it, obviously a big savings to be had if if uh, if uh, well if he's cut. Frankly, that's all it would take, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, we'll see what the what what happens out of this. I don't know what rules exist if he's not really ready to come back or if that gets to be a, a question in this. He's under contract and and hurt, and I don't know what the rules are with that, but somebody else who's more informed can tell me about that. I'm not sure yeah, about not sure. that. Uh, I, I would say – go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say an interesting note about Zay Flowers is um, – He's familiar with Lamar. They're from a similar area. Uh, he's from Fort Lauderdale, which is, you know, right next to Miami. Um, so him and Lamar have already connected. That could be a reason why they went with him, maybe over a Jordan Addison, who actually was my wide receiver too. I had Flowers at three. I like both of them a lot. Um, but that that Florida connection is really strong. You're getting another small wide receiver like Wood Brown. Maybe Lamar kind of enjoys – uh, throwing the ball to those kind of players or watching those guys, I'm not 100% sure. But Zay Flowers has a lot of juice. He plays much bigger than his size, um, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a heck of a playmaker for the Ravens, um, even at that small size. Good point. Uh, the chance of re-signing Marcus Peters just increased, I think, with this pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of where my where my line went first of all. I was like, okay, MP Juice Man, let me come back to Baltimore if this is the case. If they're not going cornerback in the first round, so I love that. I mean, I love I love it from a sense that you can probably get Marcus Peters for like much much cheaper that you know than we originally originally thought he was going to get. Because I remember me Ken, me and you were talking about um one of one of one of the other shows about realistic free agents for on defense, and Peters was still on my list as far as the guy who might the longer he sits on the market, the cheaper his price goes down. If they don't go for cornerback in the first round, he's definitely cannot be brought back. Now that they had that extra cap space from extending Lamar, I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back um, if he's back in Baltimore by this time next week. Love it, love it. And I love the depth there at uh, at the skill position players on offense now. You know, one of the things I was talking about with both Alec and Ken on the shows is 
We don't know what the Ravens have lined up. Marcus Peters could very well be one of those things where we had cornerbacks prioritized higher on our list than the Ravens did because they knew Marcus Peters was going to come back. And now, especially since uh, Lamar opened up some cap space, they could bring Peters back on maybe even a one-year deal. And maybe that helps with the cap next year because they're not committing any further resources to the cap. Just pay Marcus Peters one year, $8 million, $10 million, call it a day. Yeah, that I think that would be actually a little too high. Yeah, we're, we'd be talking about maybe three grady to eight. Am I am I muted? No, nope, you're good. three 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 great three with eight in incentives or something or that it'd be that I think it would be that kind of deal. I can't imagine they would. I, I can't imagine this would be a really big deal. I think it would be an incentive laden deal is is what I would likely see, and that will be spending some of next year's cap to 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 build something like that. But if you look at it as a pool of money that can be spent either year, it's not really any different. I think the other guy is is the is Rocky Sin. I think you know they brought him in before. I believe um, it really kind of makes yeah. sense that they held off on him because of the comp pick uh, reasons. You know that that they that they uh, want to wait until it doesn't count against the comp pick so that they can keep the one from Powers. Um, so you know that wouldn't have applied for Peters. So that's why I think if they were more interested in Peters than a free agent. Uh, cornerback, they would have already gone with Peters, maybe, um, because that doesn't impact your uh, your comp pick. But mm-hmm. a free agent one from another team does. So uh, that's why I think that if I had to bet between those two, I would say more Rocky Sin than than Peters. And certainly, they they're both in the in the discussion now. Rocky Sin may have other suitors too after the draft is done mm-hmm. and or after May first passes as well. Uh. Brandon Stevens played well at the end of last year. I, I, I've said this a couple of times, but I'm very uncomfortable with Brandon Stevens being any higher than the fourth outside corner. I really don't want him to be the third guy. I certainly don't want him to be a starter. Um, if he's the fourth guy, he's helping you on special teams. Maybe he plays safety in a pinch when you need him. Uh, no problem. But, I mean, he's he's got a ways to go still on the outside. I will say what I'm noticing is that the uh, – I think – we might be right that the corner market is depressed because there's so many good corners. Um, and these guys are sliding more than we thought they would. And potentially um, if the Ravens can work out a deal to move up a little bit and snag a guy we never expected in the, in the mid third or even late second, uh, that could be a tremendous move. And, and that would be classic Ravens move. They did it with wide receiver. They might do it with corner where they feel like they have a hold, they double down and they do like one extra move, one more than you thought that they would do to really uh, make sure they wouldn't get wronged again. Yeah. Well, it ended very quickly. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're surplus cornerback. They drafted last year, Fuller. Not only do they pay him pretty good money, much more than I thought he was going to, going to be signed for. I thought he'd be a, a minimum with a, with a, an LTVE on top of that. They ended up being like, I think, $3 million. If there were NLTBs, they weren't earned, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but but he uh, he was hurt after one game and change, right? He's hurt the second game, I believe. thought it was the first game. Might, for, it might no, have been first, the first. For, for, yeah, first game, it was, a, it was Achilles, Achilles or ACL. In the end zone, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he got, he got pushed in the back and his, his leg kind of – that damn turf in MetLife, man. Uh, the the comment I was going to make when you guys were talking about making that extra move, it reminded me of more the tackle position and how the Ravens addressed that last year, um, even more so than than what they did at corner. 
but uh, I, I feel like they shored up the offensive line, uh, uh, you know, in a good way after they hadn't. Yeah, yeah but you also have one James. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you also have to remember that OBJ is a one-year deal, right? So, um, yeah. So you know, you've got this. This I think future proofs a little bit as well, hopefully. So. All right, just have the next pick in, and the Vikings take Jordan Addison at number 23. Uh, getting good value there. Got to run. We had to run, right? I think Shrimp yeah. Troll is saying that's four straight. Uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate, but Shrimp Troll is usually on the money. Is so. Quentin, Quentin Johnson's been taken, JSN, Flowers, and Addison. Even if it's not four in a row row, it's four in a short period nope. of time. It was four in a row. Yep, JSN, Quentin, say, and Addison, yeah. Let's take a look at Stitchy's question here. A first-round wide receiver plus a free agent cornerback or a first-round cornerback and any remaining free agent wide receiver, which is the which is going to provide the team more, I guess, value for the dollars is how I would look at this particular question. Alec, what do you think? I'm sorry, are you, are you asleep over there? <laughs> sorry, I was on mute. What was the question? So the question is Stitchy 12's question. By the way, Stitchy looks like he's coming to us from oh, okay. Jessup, I guess, with the with the orange jumpsuit there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it does. It's a, it's a very orange-looking jumpsuit you're wearing there, Stitchy. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I hope it's not true. But anyway, so the question is, first-round wide receiver and a free agent cornerback or a first-round cornerback and any free, remaining free agent wide receiver – if they've already kind of shown how deep they could go in the free agent wide receiver barrel and still paying a lot of money, uh, I think you're right. I think you probably can do better getting a free agent cornerback, including Peters in that group, with a first round wide receiver. So that's a it's a very good point. Yeah, it's a great observation. Honestly, uh, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but um, I feel like the tier of wide receiver you're dealing with right now is is lower than the corners that are available or are at least comparable and the dollar amount isn't even close. Um, so very good point. Laurel Maryland, he says that's, is that near Jessup? I think it is, but maybe not, maybe not that close. Yeah. Correct. Ken's all, all Ken's relatives are, or my relatives. Uh, Jessup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a sad story that goes with that, but I, I'm not going to get into it now. Hey, hey, sad stories every year too, Ken. Sad stories every year. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, don't not kids, so don't forget that, man. Plenty of sad stories. But, hey, yeah. as far as uh, Stitchy's question, though, Marcus Peters changes that for me. He's just so familiar with this town. He's bought in. I think that he showed flashes last year, and he's the type of player that even if he's lost a step, his instincts make up for that. Uh, and then the safety's playing behind him as well allows him to be more of a playmaker at times. So I like Marcus Peters in that cover three when we play it. Uh, I think that – you know, the receiver market was kind of underwhelming to me. You know, we're talking about trading for a Hopkins. Um, I like taking flowers in the draft and bringing back a Marcus Peters, or maybe we find a way to trade Patrick Queen now for one of these corners that, is, that has fallen. Uh, and maybe we have to uh, throw in our third round pick to get a second round pick, something like that. Queen in the third for a late second or mid second uh, it could totally make sense in this scenario, too. Does that make sense value-wise? You guys, by the way, the Giants just traded with Jacksonville on the pick if you want to work on what what that might be for. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with, 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 with the value. I think it's it's way smarter to to sign to sign a veteran receiver. Um, yeah, to sign a veteran cornerback and draft a uh, first-round receiver just um, given the, 
the, the the pool of talent on the veteran market on the veteran market at cornerback compared to compared to receiver. I mean, you already sat, you went out and signed two veterans, albeit on one year deals. But I'm much I'm much rather in favor of drafting the first round wide out and bringing back a guy like Peters on like a one or two year deal. Well, even Rocky Ascent, I like I like I like Rocky Ascent too as a good QB, uh, not QB, CB two. So let's talk about 86 and Queen, what that would bring. You have uh, Queen is, uh, sorry, the 86 picks worth 160 JJ points. To get back up to, say, the number 50 pick where Tampa Bay is would be worth 400. Any chance that Queen would draw as much as 240 points with a year left on his contract? Plus, of course, the, the possibility of signing him to a fifth-year option. I think so. I know you're asking the math guys, but I think Queen himself was worth about a third round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess um, I would definitely say it's it's definitely a, a reasonable amount of value to get back, particularly with how the linebacker looks and uh, with the one true Mike off the board. And to answer your question as well, uh, 172 is probably the trade pick. Uh, it's 21 JJ points, so one point delta. 172 for the, is the is the likely for they moved up one Trade spot. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I would put a high probability that you're right on the money on that. But it it is since it's the first round, it may be last guy of their first tier players. Before the second tier, they may they may pay a premium for that. So we'll see if this is a four. A, a, you, th- you think it's the fifth round pick, right? Not the fourth. Mm-hmm. Fifth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Loving the questions here, by the way. The stuff's coming up across the comment board is just some great conversation fodder. There's another good one. I don't know um, how much work you did on Corey Trice. Jason, uh, do you see yeah. that question? Yeah, big physical corner out of Purdue, like Corey Trice. Uh, I dropped him down. I didn't put him in the Julius Brents type range. Evan is like a round three, maybe round four guy, just because of his lack of speed. But big physical corner. He'll blow up anything around the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's impressive to watch. Long speed, not his thing. Playmaking, eh. But you're talking about a big guy that can push people around and really disrupt routes. Uh, I think that he's risen up draft boards. I have him. Let me just check real quick. Corey Trice at number 88 on my board. So, again, you know, uh, you know, factoring in the unpredictableness of the draft, unpredictability. You know, fourth round, yeah, I'd be all over him. It's not, it's not a – you're not going to be super excited even in the fourth round about that guy, though, at 86, right? Because you would normally say you in the fourth round, if you're picking 120, say, and I don't know where the, where the Ravens are picking the fourth exactly this round, you'd expect that, that somebody on the top um, 60 of your board might be available, right? Sure. I mean, and there are plenty of corners too. So I might have, at that point, I might have three corners ahead of him and not be real pleased with the pick. But if he's the last corner out there that I like for a while and we, we reach on him a little bit as far as where I value my board, then I don't, I don't uh, hate it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Third round would be a, it would be a, uh, I think that's a little early, but we filled a need, so that's great. Fourth round would be home run for me. I'm Nolan trying. Smith, kind of a forgotten man in this draft right now, isn't he? Uh, yeah. We're, yeah. We're down to number twenty-four. He hasn't been taken. Wink might like him. Here we go. 
Deontay Banks goes at number 24. I know a lot of Maryland people are going to be a little bit upset about that. So yeah, this said Wink might like Nolan Smith. Wink is definitely going to like Deontay <laughs> Banks. Uh, physical press corner, put him on the island. Bring all your uh, safeties and linebackers on a blitz, Wink. Do all kinds of crazy stuff. Banks gives that to you. Uh, competitiveness, height, weight, speed. Uh, see him compared to Legereus Sneed on the TV right now. Not a bad comp. I think, uh, man, Banks has got some juice, man. I love love the pick. Uh, definitely was in uh, pretty high on my board. So congratulations to Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Everybody's dream, be a first-round draft pick. This is uh... – this is a really special moment, special moment for the Maryland program uh, as well. I don't know. Anybody know out there in the comments, who was the last Maryland player to be drafted in the first round? It's probably been a while. I'm trying to think if they if they might have had a uh, – uh, Wasn't there a safety? Stephon Diggs maybe even? Or, or, I think I think they had a no, safety. Was, uh, the, the, pack, the Packer safety. The um, What's his name? God. Darno Savage, right? Yep, Savage. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Good call. I was thinking Vernon Davis, but I figured there was somebody else behind the guy now. Yep. I uh, saw one in here. Yeah, the shrimp trawler. He just keeps posting. It's it's great. Uh, Man, bro, I told you. Try to tell y'all. Joey Porter. Joey Porter could slide to the Steelers for the Chase Claypool pick. Man, that would just be frustrating as a that'd be wild for them they to get, get Gonzalez and Porter. Yeah. Yep. Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Please, somebody take they, him. No, that's, Belichick. Jones, right? that's right. Belichick took Gonzalez. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Jake. You got me all so upset there for a second. Well, sorry. <laughs> like he apologizes. Oh, man. Love you guys. I love you guys. What a time. So the looks like the Bills traded up. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So this yeah, could there's be a lot of uh, running back talk for them. Jake, what you got? I mean, I think it could be Porter. Um, if not him, then then you could be talking about Nolan Smith, possibly. Did they just take Kyrie Kyrie Elam last year in the first round? They did. They did. I, I guess. I guess maybe they're not really looking at corner. I, I forgot about Elam. Um, Nolan Smith makes a lot of sense to me. What else do they need? They need guard, tight end, I, and t- tight end. But they signed mm. Dawson Knox to an extension recently. Do they want to go with a Kincaid and, and kind of say Knox here are tight end too? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird one for them. Um, oh, yeah, it could be linebacker, but but we already had the the one guy come off the board. Well, they, I mean, there's other so guys, they, and hopefully Trenton Simpson, Sanders, right? Trenton Simpson or Sim, yeah, well, that, yeah, Drew, Simpson. yeah. If the if the Bills draft a linebacker here, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I don't know how much that's going to help the. It, it would any anything that it, that decreases the available linebackers. There's just nobody who's an obvious first year Mike out there right now. They have Tremaine Edmonds. So I don't think they're looking to replace him this year. They do have him, right? They, he's still he's still Buffalo signed by Buffalo, right? Check OTC rule. No, 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 no. Ed, Ed, Edmonds is with, he's with, with the, the Bears. 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 He's okay. with the Bears. Yep. All right. Well, that'd be good. Finding a finding inside what about, linebacker. What about what about Brian Branch for 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 the Bills? As far as a versatile guy who can you know play a little slot and a little safety, I think what I think Poyer and Poyer and Hyde are getting up there in years. Yeah. 
He's yeah. a great player, whoever gets him. Great player. And, uh, you know, the offensive line, I'm not sure how it's looked, but that could always use, uh, you know, this is getting to the point where the media is not going to slam you for taking a guard either. So, uh, you know, the Bills could go. Yeah, I wouldn't even rule out the tight end Dalton Kincaid because he's different than Dalton Knox. Uh, he, he'd be a slot receiver and a really good one to put next to uh, uh, Stephon Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, man, yeah, Jake. Yeah, I, I would say Kincaid makes a lot of sense if they're trying to go firepower, but I would not rule out Darnell Washington if they're trying to add an element to the running game, which has not really existed recently. It's a good point. And they've, so they've drafted we... a lot of developmental tackles too, and Washington could fit that bill. <laughs> yeah. Is it, I mean, what, the role you're talking about is a sixth offensive lineman for him anyway. What you're talking about they, is they, to put him at a tight end in line all the time. They, yes, but they do have the Georgia connection already. So last year in the second round, they took um, James Cook. Um, so if they get Nolan Smith or they get Darnell Washington, they're going to have some familiarity and maybe a small scouting report from, from Cook. So that'd be an interesting piece of it. I'm sorry, Dan, we ran over you a little bit there. No, no, that's fine. I was just going to say the trade details were, it was a uh, 25 for 27 and 130, which is spot on with JJ. So, okay. Um, but what, uh, the 24, did we hear what went for 24? Uh, it was 24 for 25, 160 and 240. Okay. And, and so that that represented a small premium, right? Because that's a – no, wait a minute. That's a fifth and a sixth or fifth and a seventh. It, it is a small premium, but we're talking tiny at this point, right? So it's it's 99% because the difference between 172, uh, which was the guess before, versus 160 and 240 is like five points or something like that. So it's, okay. it's very, very minor. So the flatter valuation scales would say that the trading down team won. For yeah. sure. We're we're going JJ here. Yeah. yeah, in in both of these, um both of these the the trade backs, you know, between twenty-four to twenty-five and getting two picks or twenty-five to twenty-seven and getting one pick, the trade back team definitely won. So um from from non-JJ charts. All right, here we go. There he is. All right, Dalton Kincaid goes to Buffalo. Uh, that certainly adds another serious weapon to their offense. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mm-hmm. Big weapon, different player, big slot. Were they messing around with Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, uh, replacing Cole Beasley? Not sure what their slot situation is this year. But now, man, with Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid, they can stretch the field from multiple areas to complement Stephon Diggs as a route runner. Uh, not not making me the most excited pick for the Ravens' perspective. I mean, uh, the Bills got better. They got more explosive on offense. Uh, we're not picking again for a while, so I'm not worried about an extra tight end that we don't need going. Kincaid was going to be taken by the next time we picked anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I would have rather put Buffalo picked a linebacker or a position that didn't scare the daylights out of me because I really like K- Kincaid a lot in this draft. Uh, John, I'm I'm a hard no on your question. Uh, that's ex- This is exactly, by the way, the point at which the Atlanta Falcons were in the 1999 draft, and they said – we really want to go out and draft somebody. And I forget even who it was, but the Ravens held, I think the 29th pick in that draft and the Falcons traded them the number one in the fall. No, it was in the second round. They traded, they they traded their number one in the, in the following year for something like an early second round pick. Uh, they lost that big time. That the, the the Falcons, after making the Super Bowl, had a terrible year, and Jamal Lewis ended up being the player the Ravens got out of it at number five. Uh, I don't think you ever. I, I don't like spending next year's money. I hate spending next year's draft capital even more. And I really would would I would hate that that deal if they made it. Uh, it's always worth considering. It's good, always good to go for a thought exercise like that. Anybody else have a, have a different want to take the devil's advocate position on that? Not really, not really, because uh, in any draft, the the difference between five spots even could be huge. So, I mean, yeah, we could pick 30 next year, but we could also pick 24th, and that might, you know, in, the, in this draft, for instance, or a worse draft or a better draft could make a big difference. So, yeah, I mean, I agree though. I think the Ravens, man, on paper, are a really good team. It's just a tough conference too. Um, I'm not a big fan of giving up first round picks, man. Anything can happen there. They're usually your cornerstone players. So, yeah, not not a not a terrible idea. John said I said I was crazy. Not 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 too crazy, man. But uh, not this isn't the draft for it for me. It re- it really isn't. Um, what, what if we change the valuation slightly here? And it was trading next year's number one for the Cowboys wouldn't do it at number twenty six. But let's say you get twenty seven, a- in exchange for next year's number one. I mean, obviously, now we're really talking in high gambling territory from whoever's trading that pick away. Uh, I don't. I don't really buy into the fifty percent devaluation. I maybe look at twenty to twenty-five percent devaluation for uh, for a deferred pick. Reasonable, Alec, Dan. You you say fifty percent because you you normally see a round, right, Dan? 
Right. You know, that's, that's a, it's a huge drop off mm -hmm. for a first, you know, and I think teams do, they have a huge um, devalue for a year because as fans we're around for next year, right. As coaches and GMs, they may not be. So I think there is a very different perspective on waiting a year when your job is dependent on it. So uh, from a lot of teams, right? Not all teams, but a lot of teams. So um, I think there's a very big difference in how we perceive a year deferral. But I think so. I think 50% is how the league does, but I think it's closer to like 10%, 20%, something like that in Great. reality. Great philosophical point there, by the way, both in terms of the valuation and in terms of the the willingness to accept, uh, def, you know, deferred gratification, delayed gratification, right? That's the term, the psychological term. You, you have coach who's on the hot seat. You have general manager. You have a lot of times ownership because they've got to sell seats and, and they got to do this. And then oftentimes, and I would not say this is a general, the general Twitter fan base is highly active highly wants things to change, got to make this move right now, 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 now. But the, the, the large majority of your season ticket holder base is the most patient of all and being willing to wait for, for a, 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 the aircraft carrier to turn around as long as they have confidence in the direction of the, the, the ship is changing. Uh, I just, you know, a, a GM and a coach just often cannot afford to, to wait to do that. Yeah, if yeah. you're talking, you know, early second round, for a first, I'll do that all day. But you know, that's a, if there was a player that dropped, you know, that you're, you know, you have a first round pick or, or valuation on, and you can get the thirty fourth pick or something like that. Sure, let's do it. But uh, I'm not, I'm not getting a mid second or a late second pick. So, yeah, I think the fifth year option nowadays is is a little bit blown out of proportion um, unless you're talking QBs. Uh, the reason for that is basically if, if your player's good, they're expensive um, because of the, you know, the, the change in salary. Um, so I, I really think that the, the fifth year with the, the most recent CBA changes, it has really decreased in, in the value that it, it holds, um, especially the fact that it's fully guaranteed this early. You have to make a decision like we're seeing with Patrick Queen. So it, it's it's a very difficult one. Um, you, you see good players have their fifth option declined, not infrequently, right? Chase Young is a, is a good one. Devin option. Bush. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure that the value is always there um, for it anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. It becomes more of a market value year. You need your, 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 your trade, your draft value has to be recouped in those first four years. And uh, Dan, I think you were on when we said this earlier, but it's just, it's so much. The NFL CBA has changed to make it so that you have to have more young players and you even have to be more focused on the draft uh, in, in terms of getting your value back. Yep, absolutely. That's that's key. And especially with the quarterbacks market, you know, as it is, it's, it's, you've got to have those offsetting values. You've got to have uh, a significant chunk of your team, um, a meaningful chunk of your team um, beyond a, a rookie contract. Alec, I want you to think about what after, after the Dallas pick, we'll talk about, go around the horn on what's the biggest surprise of the first round so far for you. Uh, I've got one that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked by, but, uh, but we got a pick in here. 
He's not coming to the stage just yet anyway. Yeah. Fifth year option, man, comes into play with quarterbacks, I would say, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got an end and hooker. You got somebody you could keep team control of instead of uh breaking the bank for him, give him an extra prove it year, that kind of thing. So uh yeah, but uh, that was my opinion on the fifth year. Wow. Okay, now we got one of the big reach picks, and I saw the sycophant, uh, sycophantic behavior going on like crazy in that Dallas uh, war room. But Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, at prototypical nose tackle, uh, you know, moves people, good bull rush. But boy, that seems like a massive uh, reach for me in round one. I, I thought, you know, he might be a guy that would still be around at 86 even, or, or even if he's not, you know, an early third round pick, where, where did you have him, Jason? I just took him off the board. He was at the last of my day three value picks at uh, 78. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, he's a nose tackle. He's redundant to what the Ravens already have with Travis Jones and, and Michael Pierce for this year, but uh, drafting a lineman who doesn't get pressure on the quarterbacks. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers here. I don't think he had a sack. Uh, in college I think he had like two and a half tackles for loss last year or something like that uh just a very deliberate p- player uh you know he's good against the run he gets a little high i think and washed out too so he's not a perfect nose tackle prospect to me either so um you know I, we heard that he might sneak into the first round i guess that's the dallas reporters or the dallas building leaking uh with jerry jones over there Something about him that that stands out, I believe, was mentioned before the 2022 season um, was that he was on Bruce Bruce Feldman's freak lists. Um, he, he was a guy that was supposed to test incredibly well. I, I think he did, but I don't have his RIS in front of me. I don't know if anybody has that pulled up. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's – he tested really well at a high school level and, and maybe even into college was uh, a little bit of a freak in, in the weight room and stuff like that. Try to bring it up here. He does have a high athleticism score on what I'm looking at. 34 bench reps. So, you know, he's, he's what you want in terms of strength. What I noticed about it looking at him was that when other teams tried to run zone against him, he had the answer always on the backside. So that running back is looking to cut back and he's on the backside of the run. And he can play two gaps very effectively. That's extremely valuable. So what, what, what I saw from him was an ability to wait, 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 and then fling his guy aside like a rag doll and make that tackle on the backside. And he had highlight after highlight that looked like that. If you watch an individual game, he doesn't just make the highlight tackles himself. He often bubbles the player, makes it easier for that guy. Not claiming he's not a great run defender. It's not enough to draft a guy, you know, 26 overall for, for great run defense. Yeah, and there's a question in there. Um, how does he compare to Travis Jones from Michael Smith? I would say Travis Jones is a consistent pocket pusher compared to Mazzy Smith. Mazzy Smith is very deliberate with his actions. Now, he's got that quickness to be able to shoot a gap. You see a flash every once in a while, but that's not why you're bringing him on the team. He's, he's never going to be a sack guy. I would say uh, a little bit redundant to Travis Jones, and I actually like Travis Jones better as a prospect than I did Smith, so – uh, just wasn't a fit for the Ravens, and like Ken said, a little bit of a reach for the Cowboys. To to me, 
going back to Travis Jones for a second, I would have loved to see him get to play on the field, and we probably will this next year, with Pierce in a 1-3 role together. Because I think we could see Travis Jones just be a devastating one-on-one player versus a guard. Uh, instead of having to two gap where I think that takes away a lot of his penetration ability. And and obviously two gapping takes away his penetration ability, but I just, just the ability to get stood up by two players is something a lot of linemen have difficulty with. Whereas I I think if you get him one-on-one the more you can put him in a position where he's crossing the guard's face and hitting a center as an under on stunts, or even as the looper in his case, because he's quite quick. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see what he can do for the Ravens at three this year. And Massey Smith and him would be a would be a great future pairing going down the line. But again, the value is just it's not right at twenty six. Yeah, agreed. And again, Ken, I, there were there were times where I thought he played way too high. Like he flashed dominant reps in there with some poor reps for a man his size and strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, hey, maybe upside is there for him, and they figure. You know, I think he came into campus weighing almost 350 pounds, had to cut back. You know, chances are he's got good work ethic and really anchor in a, a defensive line. But uh, it's good pick, I guess, from the Ravens' perspective, if they're going to pick, uh, make any kind of move soon just to get uh, a player of non-need off the board. Fair comment from John there, John Nelson. I think so. I think so. I can, what I know about Brandon Williams now – yeah, that's a lot for Mazzy Smith to, to live up to, really. You're talking about what, 10-year player almost, Brandon Williams? I think he was 2013 draft, uh, nine-year player. Yeah, when I saw that pick, I was like, they basically just took Brandon Williams in the first round of the draft. Okay, guess we're doing that in 2023? Yeah, some similarity freakishness there in terms of strength, certainly. Uh, but can he do a handstand and walk on his hands? The yes, there you go. <laughs> 34 bench reps. Maybe he can. Yeah. Hey, look, look, just because you can throw on some weight doesn't mean you can hold your own weight. There's a difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Balance, balance. So here we are. Only 31 picks this year. We have five more tonight here. Pick 27. What? Um, Tom asks, maybe I need a second comment from you. I hear the Bengals are forfeiting their pick here. This is a joke, obviously, right? Or is there something else? No, this is a joke. The the Jags pick is just now coming in, so Bengals are on the Bengals are on the clock. That would be nice. Have to check that Bengals uh, roster out soon. I'm getting excited here. Just getting excited. It's a, just a big day for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers. Now all of a sudden we have depth at a position that I can't remember the last time we had this kind of depth. Uh, it's just beautiful to see. And there's there's my guy, Ken. Called it earlier. Yeah, there you go. You were pimping him. Anton Harrison of Oklahoma is next off the board at tackle. We had some interesting right tackle prospects. Um uh, that, that were still possibilities, but uh, Harrison, uh, definitely an interesting prospect. Yeah, high upside for Harrison. Uh, he's just got to show it. I think that you know people had him all over the place in this round, first round, second round, third round. He was more of a second round uh, game uh, player to me. But you're talking about he has experience at right tackle, but his profile is that of a left tackle. 
just easy feet, pure pass protector, somebody that you would say, okay, you look at his pass protection and the way he moves, he could play on the blind side and, and be a guy for us for sure. So Jags, uh, would they have, uh, I can't remember his name at left tackle. They've been hanging on to him for a long time. Cam, uh, Cam, Cam Robinson. 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 Yeah. No, right. He's suspended. So. Yeah, he got suspended today for somewhere between two and eight games, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, PED. Yeah. No. So how did you compare um, Harrison to Dewan Jones? Harrison I saw as a, a high bust potential. So I had Jones uh, a little bit ahead of him, even though Jones is your right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewan Jones, I, I think, is a uh, is an Orlando Brown Jr. type prospect. I mean, his senior bowl was dominant, dominant. He made Isaiah Foskey look small. It was like if you, you could not go around Dewan Jones, that was the thing that stood out uh, to me, guys, is that, okay, here's this huge man, heaviest man in the draft, and you would think you could beat him with speed, but with his – like length and size, it was impossible to go around him. Your best chance to get home on Dewan Jones was to fake to the outside, try to burn that edge, and then counter to the left and make sure his or counter to the right, make him transfer his weight to the right, uh, to the left. Excuse me. But yeah, you're not going to be able to bull him. You're not going to be able to go around him. So I love Dewan Jones as a right tackle prospect. All right, real real quick from you guys, who are you most worried that? Uh, is the pick for the Bengals right now? Okay, no, I wouldn't want Smith? them. Brian Branch, maybe. I wouldn't want them to get a good, get another good secondary guy. Would be also, I wouldn't want them to get Ringo either. Uh, you put me down for is those. Porter? Is Porter still on the board? Still down. Yeah, I would say Porter. Yeah, I would see. I would I, with Ringo. I would like that. I would like that. I would give like you one, one more Derek there. Hall. I agree. Porter would be a bigger, bigger problem there. Derek Hall would be another one I don't want to see going to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, high upside guy with pass rush. They already got Hendrickson, and uh, he would upgrade Hubbard from a pass rush standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think. Would Nolan Smith even fit them? I mean, speed off the edge, but I don't know if he is necessarily a, a regular scheme fit for them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like he's, I think he's even smaller than some of their off-ball guys. I'm not mistaken. He's like smaller than Logan than uh, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, they, they like to play that big four three edge ends mm-hmm. and Hubbard and Hendrickson and uh, yeah. give them a lot of snaps. So I don't see no Murphy. Smith. Murphy would be a better fit if the Bengals went past us. <laughs> yeah, right here. yeah, it would be. It would be a better fit. Josh, Miles Murphy, it is. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Made the made the most sense. I mean, he's I guess he's going to ro- rotate with with Hubbard and um and uh, Hendrickson. I guess they like to have a good rotation three four three four defensive rotation in Cincinnati. What, what's the contract status of Hubbard? Is he currently on a an extended dealers? I think they just signed to an extension recently, like not maybe like the last year or two. I can okay. look that up real quick. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Sam Hubbard is signed through 2025. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you. Love, by the way, Miles Murphy. One of the things I love most about him is the way he gets off the line of scrimmage with urgency. I mean, he's already one full step before the quarterback even receives the ball out of shotgun. Uh, So he anticipates the snap really well. 
big physical player. He's made for the, the uh, AFC North for sure. Uh, my main concern with him, and I, I know Ken shares it and others, is really can he finish? Is he, Can he finish himself? Is he more of a pressure guy and it's not going to get home, that's not able to disengage? Because a lot of times when I see him disengage, it's late. Uh, so as, as good as the start is with his rep, he, he tends to stall out. And uh, you see a lot of effort plays with Miles Murphy chasing plays from behind. Yeah, I, I do want to hear what everybody else has to say about this. But that was my fear with Murphy was one, he's not really a finisher. Two, he really plays through contact a lot. So he negates a lot of the value of his good get off by trying to be too physical with his opponent, as opposed to avoiding contact when that ability is that when that option is there. So I didn't like him as much as a lot of the other pass rushers in this draft. Yeah, yeah, me either. I was, I was the same way. I didn't. Once I didn't see the hype, I just, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't volume as high as I did. Like a guy like Nolan Smith or other guys who would have been better fits for the Ravens, at least. All right. Well, this has been a great day for the Ravens in terms of news, and oh, we yeah. hope it works out in terms of the pick, certainly. And the, the the offense looks like they certainly have a lot of players. Of course, how many drafts? After the draft, are we really saying, wow, the Ravens still have a lot of problems offensively? It's usually, yeah. oh, my God, they're so deep. How are they going to get all these players on the team? <laughs> and it does seem to work out on the defensive side a lot. That has a lot to do with their incredible record in preseason games. But I, I haven't really seen that play out on the offensive side too often. Deep team. You know, it would be nice to get a, a guard in here. But other than that, uh, it's a really deep team on offense right now. Hard, hard to poke any holes. Uh Defensively, it's also, I think, a pretty solid roster. Uh, Brandon Stevens isn't ideal to be projected as your top left outside corner. But, man, with all the zone that we're playing, too, you look at the talent on the defensive line for this year, uh, Roquan, then you got Kyle Hamilton, another superstar, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, this this Ravens team overall is very talented. I mean, I, I, we'd love to compare the rosters once these, uh, once this draft is over. Yeah, the 2020 Ravens definitely look scary. I just get a little worried that you have a lot of guys on expiring deals and one-year deals that, you know, this time next year we might be like, man, I wish we had 11 picks this year because we got a lot of holes to fill. Like not just at, at starting lineup, but also depth pieces too. So, you know, because even Roger Washington's a guy who's going to be up for a contract next year. And it's almost like you kind of – is it going to be Matabike or or Washington? You know, if Matabike has a really big year, I, I think they might have a hard time – keeping him and they might just go cheaper and extend, extend Brody. So you never know. How about an early extension for one of those two, maybe even before the season starts. So you, so you, you, you kind of put the feelers out for both of them. If Matabike, you can get him at a reasonable number, which would be higher. I'm sure you do it now on a team friendly deal, but otherwise you do it for Washington. I think Roger Washington will be more inclined to sign an early extension. I feel like Matabike, especially with Campbell not coming back, he's going to be like, nah, I, I can wait. Cause I'm probably going to eat this year. Um, and so I feel like my Matabike knows that he's probably going to have his best year to date this year, whereas guy like Roger Washington knows that even if he does have his best year, he's probably going to be making modest money at best. Yeah, and and it would be modest. I mean, it would be, you know, hopefully three years, 11 million kind of thing would be the deal that Roderick Washington get. But it's enough of a payday that it gives him that generational wealth that, uh, yep. you know, is uh, is nice. After watching what guys like Simmons and, and those other guys made this offseason, I know Matabiki doesn't view himself in that same vein as those guys, but he's like, oh, man, those guys are getting 22, 25 mil. I could at least get you know somewhere in the teams. So I feel like he's a guy that's definitely going to better himself this year and wait on that contract extension until 
the offseason. Yeah, probably a good guy. Yeah, it'd be nice if he paid off this year for the Ravens too and just took yet another step and developed into like an eight-sack guy from the inside. That would just set this entire defense off, man. But then he, he's the guy that has the potential to do it. You know, you got you got Travis Jones steady, Michael Pierce steady, Brent Urban veteran, Broderick Washington not pass rush upside. So you want pass rush uh, from your interior. It's Matt Abike or some kind of draft pick that we haven't picked yet. Yeah, I, I think Matt Abike could could really. I think he's he's. I wouldn't say the leader in the clubhouse, the lead team in sacks. It's because I got high hopes for Ajabo and and Owe, but I think. I think Matabike is going to be up there as far as like team leaders and sacks next year. You could possibly even potentially get double digits given that. So depending on what they do at defensive defensive uh, defensive line in the next couple of days, I just don't see anybody you bring in is going to really threaten his playing time like that. So I feel like he's in store for a really big year. Connect the Ravens a decent comp pick. He he has to play on the obvious passing downs, and and with Campbell gone his chances certainly increased. He played some of them this last year. I do think the Ravens will look more to the outside linebacker scheme. I think it's kind of their natural way of doing business. It was, it was their only way of doing business with Wink, but I think it's their natural way of doing business even, even in the McDonald era. Yeah, good point, John. Okay. I think we know the answer to that question. Nothing. Yep. I think, I think that, it was all D hop. It was yeah. himself doing it. I just, that money was just too much. Uh, I, so I just, I, I didn't buy it. You know, the, the 19 million, uh, you'd have to give up such a high pick in order for the Cardinals to take that, to eat that much. So. Just had a good player come off the board and go to the, go to the saints, Brian Brzee. Uh, a monstrous interior defender uh, uses his size like almost nobody in the class. Uh, exciting interior defensive lineman in a year where there aren't a lot of great ones, Jason. Yeah, Brian Brzee, local kid from Damascus here in Maryland, number one recruit in the country. Uh, had some problems. Had a, uh, a shoulder injury. Had a sickness. ACL. I mean, he's had a lot of stuff happen to him. The death of his sister, his little sister. Uh, and yet here he is still getting drafted in the first round, and that's a testament to the sheer talent that he has. Ken mentioned the power. He's also got some quickness. He's also got plenty of pass rush chops. I think he's very advanced in his hand usage for somebody this young, graduated high school in 2020, and here he is putting spin moves on college left tackles and finishing the play. Uh, you know, just all kinds of just polished uh, and all kinds of upside for Brian Brzee. He would have been somebody I would have been really happy with on the Ravens because with the discussion we just had about Matt Abike being the only real pass rush threat on the line. One of the really yeah, versatile – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I was about to say something similar. You said, Ken, one of the most worst. A guy that can line up all over the defensive alignment. You know, kind of like, I, like he, was, he was a guy that I wrote a couple, couple weeks ago would be an ideal fit to replace play as Campbell in the Ravens defensive line rotation. Can play can play inside. You can kick out outside if need be in the pinch or, you know, even on, on early downs. Guy that can set the edge. He can penetrate. I mean, like I said, his, his hands are, are just very, uh, incredibly violent and active. And I like like you were saying, uh, beyond his years as far as his uh, 
his uh, his refinement in his in his pass rush game. His health is just the only thing for this guy. And I feel like the stuff he went through in college will kind of stay behind him in college. Like you're not gonna have family members, you know, God forbid, you know, die on you like that. And the kind of infection that he got is kind of one of those fluky things. So you know, yeah, guys get hurt. But he's a guy that I feel like is gonna be a much more impactful pro than he was in college. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a very safe pick uh, of the guys, but just that versatility to play play all over. Uh, is exciting and and obviously it's most exciting probably on pass rush downs where you can you can keep him in there, uh, have him play probably over the nose on, on pass rush downs and have him move out and play an uncovered edge in a three four maybe on a uh, on a and you know stand up your outside linebacker uh, on other downs so you know he can certainly play all over. We didn't miss a pick here, right? Thirty is the next no. one. Uh, okay. I I will call it right now. Um, I am Nolan surprised. Smith. I'm surprised if the Eagles don't take Nolan Smith or Joey Porter Jr. And we know that they have their two outside corners for right now. Um, I, I still think those are clearly the best players available. And I don't want to see either of them make it to the Steelers at the 32nd overall pick, which is the start of the second round this year. It's tight. That is it's tight. very tight. It's very tight. You hit the exacto right now. Yeah. Yeah, Smith yeah, would make a lot of sense for the Steelers. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was gonna say Smith makes a lot of sense for the for the Eagles here too, um, just because like they they love they love loading up on pass rushers. I mean, we've, we've seen anything with them the past few years. It's you know like they love those the, like fortifying those trenches, even if because like they don't like what Brandon Graham's only under contract for like one one more year for them. They still have Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, but they love that just platooning those guys on the edge. That fact, a guy like Nolan Smith, even though you know he's not the most refined pass rusher at this point, would be a guy that um they they're def- they love those Georgia guys too. I mean, what they got yeah, Nicobe Dean, yeah, they got Nicobe Dean, they got Jordan Davis, they're just the the whole twenty twenty Jalen Carter now, yeah, yeah, Jalen Carter, the whole twenty twenty one Georgia roster, they want the whole national title team right now. I got an answer for you, John, on this question. What's making Joey Porter fall? Size? It's not size. He's the perfect size for an outside corner. It's ball skills. And he, he does not find the football well. He's got otherwise the boundary corner size you like, like Gonzalez had, but Gonzalez had ball skills to go with that. Uh, and and it's not Porter's game. He's much more of a press corner who can outposition a, a receiver down there. Ike Taylor, Jimmy Smith, a lot of the same thing, but Jimmy Smith probably had better ball skills than Porter will ever get to in the National Football League. So I think that's, that's basically the problem there. And so that's why I love Forbes over him. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Ken. Um, yeah, this ball production just wasn't like we had like one interception his entire collegiate career or something like that. Just like something yeah. like something real, real low. Not even a whole lot of PBUs either. So it'd be different if a guy had a had like a had like a like like no picks or a few picks, like but a bunch of pass breaks up. But you know, like you want to say one says, well, maybe teams just weren't targeting him. Like no, there were a couple games where he was, he was teams were kind of getting after him. But at the same time, it's just like I want to see a guy who's going to make a play on the ball, not just you know wait for the ball, wait for the ball to be caught, or just hope that somebody doesn't throw his his side. Yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, he was only targeted 30 times this last year, which is nice. And he had there's a there's another number that PFF has that has to do with forced incompletions, where the quarterback doesn't really end up targeting receiver, but they throw it out of bounds on his side. And there is some of that going on. But this here's this is really strange with Porter game, week by week. That first week against Purdue, so that was Caden O'Connell going against him that time. O'Connell going against him and. Uh, he was targeted 14 times. The rest of the entire season, he was targeted 16 times. 
Yeah, totally. a lot of un- underneath stuff. Charlie Jones will get drafted in this uh, draft. Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones. Just a lot of, like, gimme, drags, quick slants, that kind of thing against Porter. But, yeah, teams avoided him like the plague. I mean, uh, and, you know, I go back to his game against Ohio State when he did match up with Marvin Harrison Jr. That matchup favored Porter a whole a, a whole lot. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s yards came elsewhere. So, um, you know, I, I can't, you know, ball skills, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, good luck finding somebody that can cover like Joey Porter, man. It's not easy. So, mm-hmm. I'm not the best person to ask why he why he fell. Like, you know, your X corner, you put a, or your, your right side corner covering the X receiver, you need stickiness first, like a Marlon Humphrey, somebody that can uh, be in the trail position and still win. So, um, yeah, yeah, surprise, Porter still. The mock drafters were right, and he slipped. I was wrong on that. Humphrey has a whole different quality to the physicality of his game, is the ability to throw his receiver aside and go after the where the ball is actually going. Uh, he, he does makes so many plays on the on on an off receiver. Uh, it's it's crazy. We saw we, the New England game of a, a, a play there is is coming back to me right away, but. Uh, uh, he's a very special player. Jimmy Smith had some of that too. I just, I, I, I'm not saying no for Joey Porter. I'm just saying a lot of that is a learned skill. He's going to have to get a lot better at determining where the football is and getting to it. And also still being very physical with his man at the same time. I would say offensive line is the other dark horse right here. Get younger. Lane Johnson doesn't doesn't have too many years left in the left in the tank. I don't think he's almost always hurt. You know, we had a nice comment here from somebody saying thanks for doing the uh, stream tonight. Really appreciate it, you guys. Outstanding job, Alec, staying up in the middle of the night with us. You know, you guys being on top of the trades, Josh. You know, rushing home to do this. Really appreciate it, Jake. Appreciate you joining us. And, of course, Jason, with the big board and all the analysis you do on the draft, I've really appreciated all the pre-draft process with you uh, in terms of doing that. And uh, and tonight, definitely, you're, you're definitely one of the people I look to uh, for, for uh, significant draft analysis. appreciate we can simulcast this. Yeah, Ken, I, I want to thank you, too, for um, when we were talking about the draft. I'm like, I want to put something on my channel. It's been two years. I got to put something on my channel. So for you to work with me with that and still allow me to be with the fellas means a lot, man. Cause you know, I love my football family. I love all the people who supported me on YouTube. So to be able to simulcast it on your, with you on YouTube and still have you do all the legwork. That's, that's awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. This guest group looks like a lot to you. And this is a, you know, a star panel here. We got the next two days. We had an unbelievable number of people rotating through this panel. So we're going to have some of the same people, Dan and Alec, you're both here tomorrow. Josh, you're still here tomorrow. I forget Jake, if you're here for part of the whole thing tomorrow. Yep. Oh, I'll be here for at least part of it tomorrow. Okay. And we'll have additional people. We, uh, Josh is working on a different panel layout for us that will make it look kind of normal. Then uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have, Yeah, we'll we'll be able to put all 10 people on here tomorrow. (laughs) Similar layout, we'll make it work. All right, very good. Smaller Ken's face is the better. The smaller his face is, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Hey, I know from broadcasting school I had the face made for radio back then, so you don't have to tell me. Me too. I had had a face for radio but a voice for print. That didn't work out very well. (laughs) Nolan Smith gets taken by the Eagles at number 30. Uh, The Eagles, man – 
it, it would be nice if we had some of the uh, the dogs that that they consistently get. But that it is what it is. That's your new favorite team, Jake. No, I, I can't. I can't ever take away the the purple and black that I bleed. But it is. It's tough. It's Damn. tough, man. They uh, they are just loaded up on some Georgia Bulldogs. Howie Howie seems to know know what he's doing though. Unless unless um unless Casey trades out, Will Loves is gonna have, it's gonna be one of like pull a Geno Smith has to be one of those guys that gotta come back second day with this with this uh, pre draft outfit already wasted. Huh. Don't they do that much deeper into the draft now? So they get some second and third round guys to cover to provide some cover for those first round guys who who drop out. Yeah, but I remember Gina only brought like one fancy suit, and so the next, so when he had to come back the next day, he was like wearing like a sweater vest and like some like 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 some like nonchalant, not even business casual clothes because that's that's all he brought. He thought he was going to go on on day one. Nice. Now, see, that's the kind of analysis we need in this yeah. room, Mr. I, Josh Reed, bringing it to us. Yeah. If we had, uh, uh, well, we have lots of people who would who would be uh, good at that. Haven't there been some famous? People who've showed up in a tracksuit for to, to be drafted, or is that only working from home that they've done the tracksuit thing? Man, not that I can recall. I know Zeke had the half belly shirt thing that one year. That's a good one. Best outfit of all time, maybe Ray Lewis. See that picture every year now. Yeah. Ray Lewis and his mom, right? All right, we're done in about four hours here. This is a long first round for us tonight, uh, longer than most. Uh, maybe not quite the record, but pretty close. And I think an exciting first round, guys. Uh, let's let's go around the table now. We're, we got one pick left. Kansas City might trade it. What's your big surprise so far? Jason, uh, for me, okay, Josh. Okay. Hey, Josh, Josh. Say, for, for me, it's it's got to be Detroit, man. I mean, like not like particularly with the players that they got, but where they picked them. Like man, like you like you you had all this amazing draft capital, and you're you're moving back and wheeling and dealing, and take those players where you did. It's just like it's a complete boggling of like, you know, an understanding of positional value and where you should take guys. And you basically just push better players down the board for other teams to take, which, you know, you know, benefited the Ravens. You know, they got, they got Zay Flowers and they had to pick up a litter of several, several talented players. But, um, yeah, for the team like Detroit, who, you know, I'm with I'm right with you, Alex, man. I was I was a huge fan of them coming into this and like thinking like, you know, they had, they had, you know, the pick of, you know, pick of the world as far as like that pick of the world, but like a great haul and they could do so many great things. And I'm not poo-pooing on Jack Campbell or Jameer Gibbs, just like where they took them. It's like, man, you could have traded back and still got those guys. So they, the, I thought they had a third pick or maybe it was 34 is their selection now. Uh, correct me, Dan, where, where is their next selection? The Detroit's next selection. Let me get that right. I thought they had a third selection that they acquired already here. Yeah, so they have um, the third pick in the second round, the 17th pick in the second round, and the 24th pick in the second round. So three second round picks. Okay, 34, 48, and 55 are still theirs. Okay. 34 was Arizona's pick. That's what To be fair, it's fun to say that, but then they don't have anything until the fifth round. So – there is yeah. some, so you know, I don't, I don't dislike that part of it. You know, I, I think that having all those picks in the second round, I mean, you can, I mean, the corners are deep, the wide receivers are deep mm-hmm. in that part of the draft. You no know, star yeah. talent, nice, nice second. So, in that part of it, man, they can fill out a roster pretty nice. 
Yeah, it's more valuable to have more picks in, the, in that range than it is to have even in the third and fourth. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad at all if the Ravens had multiple second round picks and, and no picks until until the fifth round. Like, I'm not poo-pooing the third or fourth rounders, but those guys are usually shots in the dark sometimes unless somebody really falls down the board. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if the Ravens had one second rounder. So. Right. <laughs> like, give me one. Let alone three. Mazzy Smith, though, despite all the talk of him sneaking in the first round, that's my biggest surprise. And the Cowboys just being so happy about it, too. Like, we can't believe we got him. Like, what? I mean, were they really battling other teams for him? Uh, wow. Like, that 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 legitimately surprises me that a two-down run-stuffing defensive tackle is, uh, is going that high and being that celebrated and being that apparently fought over. Like, if the Cowboys were happy, they got him. Didn't seem like, yeah, we know he's going to be here. Let's turn it in. Nice handshake. They were, they looked excited. I, I, I got to agree. It's either him or Gibbs is the, mm-hmm. is the weird pick of the first round in terms of just being a complete reach. Um, it's really hard for me to pick one of those because I could have seen Jameer Gibbs going towards the end of the second round. Um, and Mozzie Smith, I might have thought even that was a reach. But of course, he did go a little bit lower and, and, you know, Gibbs went all the way up at number number 12, right? Or number eight, 12, right? 12. That's just such an absurd overreach. A second running back goes at number 12. It's just. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. Um, Detroit with some of the picks they made and also Mozzie Smith, depending on what the, what happens with the Chiefs here, another potential surprise would be that Joey Porter, you know, didn't go in the first round and we're about to find out. Yeah, I have some personal interest in that because if Porter's picked, all my green guys go. If they don't, Joey Porter in the dark green is sitting there, and that, that's going to hurt me. That's going to yeah, hurt me. But I, I'm hoping for it because I don't want to see the Chiefs get them. Or yeah, the I don't. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's a tough situation. Yeah. If the Steelers get Joey Porter, <laughs> man, yeah, that's, they they get to have their cake and eat it too. Right, you get your left tackle, and you and you, yep. and you, and you get the. <laughs> Freaking Joey Porter's son. That that I mean, they probably I don't know. They, they, as much as they like Kevin Colbert, their former GM, they probably build this new guy's statue if he's able to, to pull that off. Turn Chase Claypool into Joey Porter. And also tomorrow, guys, and for the rest of the draft, the wide receiver room is now filled for the Ravens. So when you look at the big board, the wide receivers that were pushed up before, you can slide them down a few spots. You know, if I have a receiver and then a couple of corners next to him or a couple, even shoot a safety behind him or, a, a, I don't know, a guard behind him for sure. You could scoot that guard up and, and use common sense and be like, this, this wide receiver room looks pretty full right now uh, with the top four spots set, it looks like. And then, you know, Tylen Wallace, I expect to be on this team for special teams too. Where does that leave Duvernay? Is he really the returner? Are we really carrying six receivers with no competition? Uh, wow. Wild times in Baltimore. Yep, absolutely. I see how you've got a personal stake in this. With uh, Obviously, not going to the Steelers is, is important. Folks out there, the pick is in right now. I'm going to ask you all to like and subscribe, both channels if you would, both to uh, Film Study Ravens and uh, also to uh, Huddle It Up Films. And uh, give us some love here. Your comments, I think, do us some good with the formula, so that's always nice. But uh, uh, be nice if uh, if uh, you guys subscribe. We'll, we'll get a notification tomorrow when the stream is about to start, and we'll uh, hopefully see many of you back here 
with this, frankly, great running commentary that I have thoroughly enjoyed throughout this draft. Yes, and for my guys, my look, my stream might be on a little late, later than Ken's. I got to get Ken's. We got to get Ken's set up first. Then I could go in. Now I know how to do it. I have to hit a button on Ken's stream, stream it to mine. So we'll get that started. It'll be on my channel tomorrow. Ken, of course, Film Study Ravens on YouTube, Ken. It's film Study Ravens. I, I, I'm just Film Study on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on, on YouTube, on Film Study Ravens on Twitter. Okay, yep. So find me, find Ken. I'm sure you'll be able to find us. His links are on the uh, videos on my channel as well. So, yeah, big ups to Ken and crew. And, of course, I love Alec, man. Love Jake. First time meeting Josh. Met Dan plenty of times. These have been just a great crew, man. It's been you awesome. Let me give everybody a little love and contacts here. We have Alec Poulianis at One Winning Pod on Twitter. Uh, give his pod a chance too. He's got some good people to talk football. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good podcast worth a listen. Uh, at DP Reese Eight. That's Dan uh, Reese. He's my partner on By the Numbers. Hope you're going to be back for another season, Dan. We haven't really got that nailed down yet, but I would love to do it with you again if you get the time. Uh, Josh Reed is at Josh Reed Nine O Seven. Uh, that's the 907 area code from Alaska, but uh, he's on very frequently during the offseason on all sorts of shows with me. Uh, so you'll, you'll recognize him. Same thing with Jake Vogel, who's at Re- Real Jake Vogel. I guess a lot of you can see this right now for Jake Vogel, for Dan. Josh didn't put his on there, probably should. But uh, uh, good sites, good reading. Uh, Josh, you're on Heavy. Yeah, yeah, Heavy on Ravens. Yep. Heavy on Ravens. And uh, Jake, where do you write when you do? I'm not currently writing anywhere. I have I have written them for Russell Street uh, before, but yeah, not doing anything right now. Dan, you have any other projects you're trying to share with people this off season? Nope, not really. Just kind of taking it easy this off season and uh, and just enjoying it now. And uh, especially now that we got Lamar and we're over that drama, so uh, just taking it easy. It's great to have every one of you. Thanks so much for 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 joining Jason and me on this show. We uh, uh, we definitely appreciate it. And I think you, you guys are all back here, at least for some time tomorrow, at least as we've heard it so far, along with some others. We do have the pick in. It's kind of an unexpected one. Uh, and I have to go back to my pronunciation key to do this, unless you want to do it. Is it Anya yeah. DK Uzama? Yeah, it's, it's Felix Anya DK Uzama. I always say Uzama because it's CJ Uzama, spelled the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. Sub rusher extraordinaire. Actually, all the way up at number 34 on my board. No, 37 on my board, excuse me. Uh, just great uh, burst and nice little – reminds me of uh, Yannick Ndakwe a lot uh, with the cross chop, the hand swipe, the little hop to the outside, change speeds in his rush. Uh, will he ever be a plus run defender? Maybe not. He's got the build for it. Definitely a pass rusher for the uh, Chiefs. So they had some blindside pressure there. He was my number eight guy of my pass rushers behind McDonald. The the big guys who are still there on the pass rush side are Derek Hall and B.J. Ojolari. So – We'll see. They will probably go in round two, uh, where I guess by the end of it, we may see as many as 10 edge rushers gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely Ojolari is going to go. And uh, Derek Hall, I have number 45 on my board, so a middle of the middle of the second round type projection for me. And then you also have a wild card on the edge, uh, two of them really, Byron Young from uh, Tennessee, physical freak, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame, a lot of people like him better than me. So that deep class for the edge seems to have showed up early in this draft. Did did I miss Keon White, or has has he not gone no, as he, well? He hasn't gone. He hasn't gone, he hasn't so. gone either. Sorry. Yeah, and good, good yeah, point, Jay. He's also invited there, so I believe he's at the draft in Kansas City. Oh. Mm. 
All right. Another... We, I want to hear from the most time zone disadvantaged person in the comments here. So we got Central <laughs> European times for a couple couple of people. And I know we had British people and, and uh, an Irish guy. So we have that. Anybody further east than that? Do we have any people in Germany? Uh, that's not any worse than Central European. What do we have to have? Like uh, Hungary? Is that on Central European still? Or I'm not sure how far east we'd have to go to get them. Greece is minus seven, I think, right? So, okay. yeah. Shrimp trawler from Wonder he said fresh. He's still young, still uh, early for him. <laughs> yes. I got some beasts in the Middle East on my channel, man. I got a lot of uh, middle of action in the Middle East. Always fascinates me when I see mm -hmm. uh, people around the world on the, in the analytics of YouTube. Like, man, they're really watching the channel out there. Yes, they are, man. Uh, a lot of action from Brazil. Uh, yes. I know uh, a lot of people from Brazil out there, uh, Ravens fans. Uh, I could think of two off the top of my head. Uh, Otavio, one of my original um, original subscribers, and, of course, uh, Christian, who was yeah. on with yeah, Andrade. I, I had him and his brother on, but they had, they had a, a very interesting biometric heat thing they were working on. To, mm -hmm. to judge whether exercise or people were over-exercising or over-exerting themselves, which seemed like it would be right up the Ravens alley. All right, guys, we'll, we will wrap it up for tonight here. Anybody, any last comments before we uh, tune off? Uh, I just want to give my wife a shout-out, man. I got I got three kids under three up here, and she's been mm -hmm. toughing it out with them upstairs for the past, like, three, three four hours. So uh, they haven't come down here and bothered me not once, so I wanted to give her – a shout out to probably gonna kick my ass when I get upstairs, but you know, I appreciate her. What's her name? Uh, Kalicia Reed. Kalicia Reed, there you go. Thank you, Kalicia. Anybody else? I like to say, uh, it was great doing the show with you guys, a lot of fun, kept the energy up for me, and uh, great to meet you virtually, Josh, today. I always respected your work and uh, hope to make it tomorrow. We'll see how bad my uh, decisions were tonight. <laughs> <laughs> go, go sleep through the day you know you're just in europe it's not a big deal and and uh, and have fun with us again tomorrow night all right see you guys all right guys love you guys have a good night football family Thank love you, you. All right. thanks guys good night yes sir all right I, hang with me for just a second here jason i will end right. the broadcast Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.